family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Give a big hand clap to those that are watching us on podcast and vidcast and on pray.com. We had over 20,000 viewership this past week. Come on, that's big. Woo! Seven of you liked it. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so it was a, a big week, and uh, we have our daily Bible study called Wake Up, and uh, it's, it's exciting. We, me and my brother do it. It's the number one daily Bible study on YouTube. Now we're on Spotify. We're on Pray.com, and uh, we start with you. There, there. I like that. Whoever's over there, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. But anyway, we do start your day with a prayer over your day. We give you scripture for your day. And we have a whole lot of fun doing that. So I encourage you to tune into that. So when we were on vacation uh, just a few weeks ago, there's a beach that we like to go to on the East Coast. And it's about an hour drive. So we get up early and we get in the vehicle and get the, you know, the Mary Jane coffee and get all the coffee and stuff. And, and uh, off we go. And as we're approaching, we get turned into the neighborhood. And all these signs say, beach parking lot closed which is annoying. We drove an hour, the parking lot's closed, and now we're, down the, we're driving down this, and now there's about 10, 12 cars lined up here, and there's two beach employees, teenage uh, guys out there on the street, and they're, they're sitting there talking to the cars. So I'm watching the, the very first guy, he just keeps going, that's all he's doing, he's like over and over again, car after car, and so sure enough, we, we, we pull up to, and uh, here's Al, Right, little name tag on, he's ready to go, and, and we roll the window down, we're like, hey, so where do we go, is there another beach, another parking lot, he's like, I don't know, we're like, well, when is this open, he's like, have no clue, and I'm like, you've been amazing, have a good day, thank you so much for all your help, and so, now, the next car, so there's one car between them, is another guy up there, right, and so we pull up to this guy, roll it down, and here's Sal, and then we roll down the window, go, Sal, hey, where are we? He goes, hey, no problem. He goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this road right here. You're going to go down two streets. You're going to turn right. You go down to uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard. You're going to take another right, go all the way down. There's a little parking lot. Don't miss it. It's over on your right. There's a great beach over there. You can do that. And he goes, and also, and I go, uh, when does this one open? He goes, you know what? Get in there. So he lets us get into the, like, into the beach, like snuck us in, whatever. I don't know. It's just God's fault. That's how God works in my life, right? Amen. And so he just worked out, right? That's how he worked. So we get in that one. But I got to thinking that you have Sal and Al. Al was eight feet away from every answer that he needed. Every answer he needed, he's going to spend all day going, no, no, I have no clue. When Sal is right there, all he had to do is just listen, turn his head and listen. He'd have all the answers to make people's lives better, to make his life better and everything. And I got to thinking, so many times, Christians, the word of God's answer is right there. And we just go, don't know, have no clue. And we just accept the things in life that we were not supposed to accept instead of just tuning into the Word of God and finding out that I can be blessed when I go in and blessed when I go out, that God's hand is upon my life, I can live a life full of joy and peace. The answers are available. Let's not be Al's. Let's be Sal's is today's title of the sermon. And we're going to find out today that Apostle Paul says he learned the recipe to be happy on all occasions, to always be happy, to live a life. Right? He says, I, I learned it. So it means that there's something that you and I can learn that we can change on the inside of us, that no matter what's going on in our life, that, that we live a life full of joy, full of happiness, 
And it can be Zoloft-free, if you can say it that way. But we can live a life that is full of God's best. This series is called Triggered. We live in a world that's triggered over everything. Everybody's emotions, is, it's on nine. You know, it's, cool. it's DEPCON 5. It's like high, right? This and that. Everybody's angry and upset, whether it's on the road or in the Walmart. We got everybody just mad and upset about you don't this and you don't. And we live in, in an emotionally driven world when we were not called to be driven by our emotions, but instead to drive our emotions. That our emotions, if you let your emotions drive you, they'll never drive you to a good place. They'll drive you to depression, they'll drive you to stress, they'll drive you to worry, drive you to anxiety. This is where emotions will take you, right? But if I get in the driver's seat, now I can begin to drive my emotions to joy, to peace, to happiness, to fulfillment. This is where we are called to do that. We cannot allow our emotions to take us wherever they want to go. Our staple scripture is in Ephesians. Throw that up there for me. It says, but don't let the passions of your emotions lead you down a bad road, down to sin, to make mistakes. Don't let those emotions take you to another fight, to another argument, to saying something rude, to, to doing something rude, to putting somebody down, to stabbing somebody in a sense in the back. Don't let anger, every negative emotion always takes you to anger. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. And that's what happens. When my emotions are driving me, then the devil is like a puppet just taking me here and there. I come home and boom, right? My emotions are free and I'm after it. And now we're in a fight. I'm at the office and you said about me, I'm going to say about you. And we're allowing our emotions to control us. As we found out last week, rather than putting fire on a situation, right? We are gasoline on a fire in our life. We should put water on that. Jesus gives us a different system. He says, we do things differently than the world does, right? In the world, you say something bad about me, I say something bad about you. You put me down, I'll put you way down. You talk bad about me behind my back, I'm going to let everybody know about some stuff about you that you don't want anybody to know. And this is the world's thing. All it does is makes the fire bigger. I come home, you give me an attitude, I give you even a bigger attitude, and now the whole night is ruined. But God says, there's a, Jesus said, there's a different strategy, right? When you give me insult, I give you love. When you put me down, I build you up. When you say something bad about me, I say something good about me. What I'm doing in that is I'm putting water on the fires of relationship. And before long, all the fires that used to cause me so much turmoil begin to be down. My relationships to get better. I come home. You may be having a bad day. We all have one once in a while. You just need one person in a marriage to be able to go, I'll give you love, right? There's going to have a time. Holly's going to be upset. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to come home and rah. And if she's just like, oh, sweetie, I love you, right? Little, little water on it, right? Does, changes the entire mood of the home. But if I go rah and she goes rah, then we all go rah and there's no rah. It's just a bad night, right? It's a horrible night. And we found out last week that so many times that we have to be right and we make the relationship wrong. In reality, that's so, most of the time, if I'll just be wrong, it makes the relationship right. right. If I'll just be wrong, right? We get in the dumbest fights. You ever have the one where you come home and one spouse is like, oh, my, what a hard day. And then the other one goes, you think your day is hard, right? And now we're fighting about who had the harder day. Like you can't even put, you can't even put math on it. Like there's a big argument about how, and your life, oh, you think your life is hard like my life. And then all of a sudden we're battling about who had the hardest thing going all the way back to our childhood, ruined the whole night. When you just need somebody to go, they go, oh, I had a hard day today. And you're like, you know what? I know. Man, you do so much. 
It's, I've been, I, I'm amazed at how many things you could accomplish and get done with all that's on your plate. That's all you have to say. And it's an incredible night. Instead of having a battle about whose life is harder. Because we're so set into being right that we make everything wrong oftentimes in our life. That the emotionally driven life, when my emotions are in charge, it makes us do crazy things. Everybody in this room has done some crazy things. I have been in the middle of praise and worship in the car, worshiping God. Somebody cut me off. And Pastor Scott got a whole lot of crazy right there on the 202, right? You'd be like, oh, poor guy, pray for him. No, I was praying three seconds ago. We can get crazy. So uh, we, we moved into our, our house and in our backyard, we had a, a basketball court, a little, little mini court and stuff. But there was, I'm going to call it a weed. I know in Arizona, we don't call it a weed. It's like that, that big weed that has the red pretty flowers on it. It's a weed. I don't care what you call it. It has thorns that grow like this big. And this thing has been around since like Jesus. Died. It was so massive. It's this massive thing it had a trunk on it like that. And so every time you miss a shot, basketball would pop. Basketball pop. So after the third basketball, I said, Mr. Weed has to die. And so I got me like a pole with a saw on it because you couldn't get in there, the thorns. And I sawed that thing right down at the root, right? And it's all, I cut it down. Massive thing. But then, what do I do with it? Like I can't put it in the SUV, scratch it up. I can't, definitely can't put it in the centrum, my gosh. So, so, what, so you know, I, I'm like, I do what any good pastor would do. I flip it over the fence, right? <laughs> so that's what you do. Seemed to make sense, right? like God told me to do, right? Now, in my defense, we lived on a canal, right? So on the canal, right, you look out there, there's weeds everywhere, just so everybody knows. This was the prettiest weed in the canal. All, it was dirt, right? You look down that way, there's like an old dishwasher rotten away. There's, there's tires, there's five-gallon drums all in the back there. This is not like pretty downtown Scottsdale in any means. It's, it's, right? it's not beautiful. So, you know, throw the weed over there. I had to have gloves on because it, it, it was so... And so, next day I come outside, and the weed is back in my yard. <laughs> this is massive. So I looked at that, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I'm getting older. Maybe, maybe I thought I threw it over the fence. You know how you do that as you get older? You go, maybe Holly came out. I thought I, I could have sworn I threw it over the fence, but maybe I didn't. So I had to go back in, get my gloves on, and every time you did it, like, it scratched you up. It was so, right? And so I was able to get it, and I threw it back over the fence. Next day came out, it was back in my yard again. And at that point, I knew that we had like one of those HOA people, you know, the presidents, right? You know the personality I'm talking about, right? right? And so, and how annoying is that? One, you don't, you're judging me because you don't know that was my weed. Somebody else could have thrown it over and dragged it over to my house. So you don't even know, you're guessing. But that person had to be walking along, right, the, the canal, go back to their house, get gloves, walk back and throw it over my yard two days in a row. What kind of crazy person does that, right? Well, so I, you know, naturally threw it back over again. Next day was out again, and now I was angry. So I threw it over, I went out, and I dragged it six houses down. There you go, solved the problem. There you go, it's all good now. Next day I came up, it was in my yard again. They dragged it six houses back. I was so angry, and to this day, I don't know why I did this. I went, I flipped it over the fence, I got a chair, and I got a BB gun, and I sat outside. I don't know why. I still don't know what I would do with that. Holly came out, she goes, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. She goes, you going to shoot them with a BB gun? I go, maybe, I don't know. She goes, pastor. I'm like, I'm not a pastor right now. I am not a pastor. I'm Wyatt Earp, and I'm going to take care of the problem at hand. She's like, put the BB gun away. So I put the BB gun away, and I was just so mad and annoyed. It went every day that week until Saturday. 
And then in my prayer time, I felt like I, I, the, the face of the Lord came upon me and said, Joel Osteen this thing. Sometimes you just got to Joel Osteen something. What would Joel do? So I went down to Home Depot, and I got me a 50-pound bag of concrete. I got me a pail. I got a mixer. I went out in the canal area. I dug a hole. I mixed the concrete. I trimmed up the weed so I could get down to where the, the good stump was on there. And I put it in the concrete, leveled off, and I left it. And it's still there today. Praise the Lord. Amen. No, he's there. There's just a stump in the cement out there. That's how a normal person does things out there. I win. Isn't it funny that we can get so crazy in the emotions? Sometimes in a fight and argument, they will concrete some things, ideas that we know are wrong, that we know are crazy, that we'll just put it in there, and we're like, hey, world, deal with that, rather than taking control of our emotions, help navigate things so that we can make relationships in life a whole lot better. Our job in life as Christians, we got in the Christian line. In the Christian line, we love those that hate us. We are kind to those that persecute us. We are the ones that when you talk bad about me, I'm going to talk good about you. When you take credit for something that I did, I'm going to give you credit because God is my one that's going to take me to the next level. You don't take me to the next level. Come on, somebody out there. I don't have to do that. I don't have to fight the same way you do. I'll start just giving you credit for things that you don't. Oh, my lunch. Yeah, thank you for making my lunch. I'm like, I didn't make your lunch. Yeah, you did. Thank you so much. I just begin to give you credit for everything because God is the one that is going to promote me in this world. Jesus says this. If you come in and you try and fight for the, the best seat, he says, then you don't get anything. He says, but if you'll give up the best seat and take the worst seat, I'll put you in the best seat. So in life, we go low and God takes us high. We give people, we don't walk into a meeting looking what I can get out of it. We walk into what I can give into it. Not what I can get out of a friendship, but what I can give into it. And marriage is not about what I can get from my spouse. It's what I can give to my spouse. Life is not about what I take. It is about what I give. And God then, whatever I give, God gives back to me, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. If I give you peace, God gives me peace. If I give you stress, guess what I get out of life? I get stress. So I always give, not what I got, but I give what I want in this world. We see here today in Philippians 4, this is, I think it's my favorite passage in the Bible, because especially when it comes to controlling your emotions. This is if you deal with anything in your emotions that you feel is off, depression, stress, worry, I encourage you that this year, for the rest of the year, every morning, get up and read Philippians 4. It has the recipe in it of having happy, joy-filled emotions, to be driving your emotions. Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I love the fact that one, it says it twice. <coughs> Two, it says to, to not just joyce, but we rejoice. It means that I find joy in the Lord in my circumstance, whatever that is. It doesn't say that your circumstances are great. It says, no matter what is going, find joy in your circumstance in what God is doing. It might be what God has done, it might be what God's going to do. You may be able to just have some joy that God's working on your behalf. You don't know how, have no clue. But I do know this, that the same God that did for me back here is going to do something for me. You find that David, all throughout the book of Psalms, he's got enemies all around him. He says, oh, heart, why are you so down? He says, but my hope is in God. Because the enemy may come in one direction, but they will flee in seven. That whatever is against me will not prosper in this world. You find that he is battling with his heart to make sure that we find a way to take joy in what God is doing in our life. This is a secret. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it. And let your gentleness be evident to all. You know, when I'm rude and mean and nasty, it's hard to be happy. 
But when I am kind to people, and I am loving to people, and I put other people's needs ahead of mine, it's very difficult for me not to be in a good mood. It's very difficult for me to be upset. When I put my family's needs, and I put the boss's needs, when I put other people ahead of mine, when I'm on traffic, I can't be angry when I'm like, get in there, you big jerk. Right? When I'm just happy to let people in, Right? It's hard to be upset when I'm just a giver. Get in. Everybody get in there all day long. I'll just let you all in. And have. It's hard to be upset when I'm kind. And so he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. One of the biggest secrets to being happy all the time is thankfulness. Being thankful. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful. Sure you do. There's always something to be thankful. I can be thankful for what God has done. I can be thankful for what God's doing. I can be thankful for anything in any circumstance. I can find something to be thankful. David always found a way to be thankful for anything in his life. Same thing for you. You cannot, it's hard to be upset when you're thankful. Some of you teenagers out there, right? You're all mad and upset because you got to do the dishes. But if you learn to be thankful for everything that your parents are doing for you in your life, thankful that you have a $1,000 phone in your pocket right now that somebody had to work hard to put in your pocket. You got $100 shoes. You got thanks. If I'm thankful, yeah, amen. You're like, oh, preaching, pastor. It was so good. Right? Now, helping out in the house becomes easy because I am grateful and thankful for everything you've done. But as soon as you are not thankful and not grateful, then everything upsets you. Because nobody's there, and nobody does, and nobody does. Even though everybody is working tirelessly for you, you can't see it because you're ungrateful. Thankfulness is a key part of having happiness and joy in your life. So Thanksgiving, present your request to God. Say, hey, God, it's in your hands. Lord, I'm not going to stress about this. I'm not going to worry. I get it. I'm laid off. I, I, I need some finances. But God, you got this. I'll do all I can. You'll do everything I can. Now watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your heart. I love having God's peace guard my heart. I don't understand why this is going on, but I do know this, that God is working on my behalf, and I give it to God. Now his peace keeps me from being stressed out. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. I know in your timing it's going to work out. I love the peace of God working. Now watch this, another key. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, anything of excellence or praiseworthy, meditate only on these things. Now the translation says that. Meditate that. Crockpot it, right? You just cook it in your mind over and over again. The reason why we deal with negative emotions is because our emotions will follow our thoughts. If you think negative thoughts, your emotions are going to be negative. But if you only think positive thoughts, you only think on the good and the pure, if you only think about the good things in your spouse, how many people know that that passion will come back in your relationship? The reason why you don't feel the same way today as you did when you first got married is because you begin to focus on the negative. Well, she doesn't, and he doesn't this, and do this. But if you switch that thinking and begin to go, well, they do do this, and they do that, and this is something cool about them, and this is great, all of a sudden, your emotions will follow your thoughts. I begin to think nothing but good, nothing but pure, nothing but holy about my day, about my boss, about everything in life, that I begin to think about the good stuff that are going on instead of the negative. It's one of the key things. You know, I crock pot. I love to crock pot a roast. I, I, I do once a week. I put only good things in that crock pot. How many people know that? I don't take just random things and put it in there. I don't. You, know, you guys remember Alpo, that slimy dog food? Anybody remember that? How much Alpo would I put into my crock pot of, of my roast to ruin it? Anybody? Not much. Wouldn't take a whole lot. Like, or rat. How much rat goes in there? 
You're like, well, no rat. Exactly. You don't want to put anything bad in there. So how many bad thoughts do you allow in your crock pot of your mind that's going to ruin your thinking for the day? Zero. Don't put any alpo. Don't put any rat in it. Let everything that you allow yourself to think about only be good, only be pure, only be holy. Now, here we go. Now, Paul talks about this. I have learned, Paul says, I have learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, with as much as with a little. I found the recipe, somebody say recipe. There's a recipe in here for being happy, whether I'm full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who has created me or made me. He says this, that what the world has told you about how to get happy doesn't work. The culture of today is, is that the stuff that I have is what I need to be happy, right? It's all about stuff. It's about if everything is right in my life, I'll be happy. So if my circumstances are right, if I have a, well, pastor, if I get a bigger house, we'll be happy. No, you won't. If I get a bigger car, I'll be happy. No, just for a moment, right? If I, if I get a better job, if I make more money. So we're chasing stuff, but if stuff made you happy, Hollywood would be the happiest place on earth, but it's the most miserable place. Come on, somebody, because success and stuff does not make you happy. Being content with what God has given you and the season of your life you're in is what's happy. Because if it's just stuff, then, then you're on a roller coaster of emotions with very tiny windows of being happy. Oh my gosh, I got a new car. I'm so happy. Oh, I got my first car payment. I hate it, right? Oh my God, I met a new boyfriend. I'm so excited. I hope he dies. Like everything... Right, it's such a roller coaster. But Paul says, I can be happy on the mountaintops and I can be happy in the valley. I can be happy when, when I'm out preaching the word of God. I can be happy when I'm in prison. Come on, I can be happy driving a little 2003 Nissan Sentra and I can be happy driving whatever, a Jeep. I, whatever it is in life, I can be happy no matter my circumstances. Circumstances cannot control your happiness or you'll be on an emotional roller coaster your whole life. He says, here's the real recipe. Right? It's not about stuff. Right? It's not about the stuff I have. It's about who has me. God has me. My happiness and my contentment is being able to be joyful in whatever season of life I'm in. And when I can do that, then life is here. I make better decisions. I make better choices. This is the recipe. Don't need more stuff, right? I just need to make sure I think on the right things, that I'm thankful, that I'm grateful right? And that I rejoice and find joy in all of my circumstances. Now I can be happy. I can tell you my life, I grew up very poor, very poor. We had nothing, right? But I had a very happy family. We were happy all the time. My friend, Howie, right? He had everything, right? They had, they had the big house. They had a pool table. They had a, a, a cement pond in the back, like a, they called a swimming pool in the backyard, right? They had, they had everything. Had Pong. There was no video game. They had a big screen TV. It was like 27 inches back then. Like, whoa, it was blinding me. Like, it was so huge, right? He had everything, yet they had a very unhappy home. Stuff doesn't make you happy. So as parents, don't, don't realize this. It's not like all the stuff I can give my kids. Give your kids some time, give them family night, make their house a happy home that goes to church. I'm telling you what, that's a happy home. Come on. It's not about how, who's got the best iPhone. I had $2 tennis shoes. That's what I had, but I was happy. Everything, I was happy. Learn to be happy in every circumstance of life. We took a cruise. We used to do cruises for the staff, and I do a little three-day uh, down in Mexico cruise, and, 
And uh, this particular year, so it's quite a lo long time ago, uh, Holly and Kelly were, were pregnant with Savvy and Logan. And so me and Jason went by ourselves. We had little rooms next to each other. And our little statesman, you know, the guy that takes care of your room, little Hajj. I love Hajj. Happiest person I've ever met in my life. He's from Indonesia. He's about this tall, so I love him already. He's like right here. Like I'm like, yeah. I'd get him on the basketball court. And boom. I was like, I love the little Hajj. Hajj worked like, not, I, I don't know, I think he just worked 24 hours a day. I'm, there was never a point that I came out or went in to, to my stateroom that Hajj was not there. And he was always so happy. He said, hello, it's a good day. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm, do, I'm doing good. He's like, I'm doing most excellent. It's such a beautiful day. It's such a great day. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Didn't matter, right? You come out of your room at 8 o'clock in the morning. He's like, good morning, right? I'm like, hey, good morning. Hey, cool. He's like, great day. I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. And so... Three o'clock in the morning, like you come in, he's like, hello. I'm like, get off me, Hodge, what are you doing? It's just a beautiful night. Nah, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Why, why are you all right? You're just, it's almost getting creepy here, Hodge, right? Hodge, he's everywhere. He make the most amazing like little towel. You know how they leave a little towel on your thing? You're like, oh, wow, that's artwork. I didn't even want to use it, right? And so it was just, he was just incredible at his job. And me and Jason, we would, because the wives aren't there, so we play practical jokes on each other. This is what we would do. And so this is what great friends who love each other do. So like Jason t took all my toilet paper out of the room, which is super fun, right? You go hit the buffet, come down, no toilet paper, right? And so that's fun. And so I got to call Hodge. I'm like, hey, Hodge, I, I don't have any toilet paper. And he's like, you use it all? And I go, no, no, my brother, he, I think he took it all. He's like, oh, he's so funny. He's funny, brother. I'm like, not very funny. I don't think it's as funny as you think it is. So then I fill out, you have a little card that you can have for a wake-up call and for a breakfast. So I'm all, four o'clock in the morning, and I get like this big old spread of food that I want. I'm like, hey, I'm a heavy sleeper, please knock hard. And I left it out for Hodge, so Hodge is like four o'clock in the morning, till Jason comes over, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, you wanted a breakfast? And he's like, oh, that's Scott, you very funny, Scott, you, you got him. And I'm like, yes, it was very funny, thank you. Steal this towel. This is what we're doing all week, like we're just having fun with Hodge. And he's like, you guys are very tricky. And so we, we, we're talking to Hodge one day, and, and he was telling us about, he makes $28 uh, a month is what the, the cruise line would pay him back then. It's not 15 years ago, but still, $28 is what he made. But he says in tips, on average, he make about $200. And I'm like, okay, but that's, that's not a lot for six days of work. He works six days a week. And uh, somehow it came about that he, he's like, no, the money's not for me. I, I send all the money back for my wife and my kids and for my parents to take care of them. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of a bummer. He's like, no, it's very good. I get, I get to take care of my family. This is very, it's very good. Right? I get to work for the cruise line. It's very good. And then we talk about his family. He's like, I don't do it with my, my family. They, they, they do the sulfur. And so they work like a volcano, and they go get the sulfur rocks, and like they carry these massive rocks, work all day, and they get like $3 a day. And I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. He's like, no, they love, they're good. It's good. We, we ha we're a happy family. We're happy, right? And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world are you happy? I'm not happy just listening about your story, right? <laughs> but Hajj, one of the happiest people, if not the happiest person I've ever met in my life, showed me something, that happiness is not the American way, that America is about all the stuff that I have and how easy my life is. That's not happy. You keep getting stuff and you never get happy. Happy is learning to be content and excited with what you have that is in front of you. Whether I serve in the sulfur mines or whether I'm on a cruise ship working for $200 a week, sending my money back home, I can be happy in every circumstance. If he can be happy, 
Surely we can be happy with whatever things that we have to deal with. You can work at the subway, right? Making sandwiches all day and make far more than, than Hajj's and how much money he has in his life. But he said something key to me. He says, I get to. And that stuck with me all these years. It's something that I, that, that I say. Something that became like one of those things that kind of guides me. I get to. Right? In America, we live have-tos. Nobody, right? When you have to do something, it's hard to be happy. I have to go to work. I have to go home to the ball and chain. Right? I don't have to. I get to go to the woman that God gave me. Right? Well, I have to go yeah, be with the kids this Saturday. I have to go do this. No, no, no. You get to. Here's it. Let me give you a secret. Right? Time flies so fast with your children. And you'll get to a day where your kids are no longer in sports. And you'll look back and go, I'm so, for me, I look back and go, I'm so glad that I had all of those Saturdays, whether it's watching wrestling or watching baseball, whatever it was, gymnastics, whatever it was, I was there. I got to go watch my children compete and do something. Come on, somebody out there. I got to hang out with my children. I got to play with my children. I got to play hi-ho, cherry-o, and all the other stupid games when they were three years old, right? But now they're in my world and they're still getting to do things with me because it wasn't a have to, it was a get to. So you have to change. I get to go to work tomorrow and give my best. I get to go there and show them something different. I get to go be a bright light. I get to go honor my boss. I get to do all things as if I'm doing under Christ. See, when it's a get to, I get more, I can be excited for that. I can't be excited for a have to. I get to sow into people's lives. I get to go to church. Come on, somebody out there. I get to. So many times people are like, ah, we have to go to church on Sunday. There's places in this world that if you go to church, they kill you. So they have to go and they have to sneak around underground. And their greatest part of their week, the greatest part of their week is when they gather together in a place and worship God. That's, that's the biggest get to they have. But in America, it's a have to. No, I get to gather together and worship the creator, the alpha and the omega, the one that has given me everything that I have, I get to come into his house, pay him worship, learn and grow. Come on, somebody, that's a get to. I'm telling you, if you'll shift from have to to get to, you'll find that your life will be driven by so much more joy. When I learn to be happy here, and be happy here that I can be happy anywhere in life, that I have been given the recipe and the secret to living a stress-free, happy, joyful life. If you're watching out there today and you are blessed, I encourage you to continue to be a blessing. You have opportunities four different ways to give. That's for all you. Yeah, we're a tithing church. You don't have to. You can come for free forever. That's no big deal. But, you know, a cheerful giver is a good thing that allows us to get this gospel out there. So I encourage you. Giving is, is, is a great part of life. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity. It's very simple. It's very easy. That you can't somehow be good enough. I know religion says that somehow you've got to earn your way into heaven. It's impossible. None of us will make it. But the Bible says, whosoever believes. So if I believe in Jesus, died on the cross, raised from the dead, I'm going to heaven. Can't lose that by just being bad because nobody would make it that way. Right? Now, of course, I want to make good decisions so I have a good life. That's why we come to church, continue to learn how to make better decisions. But getting to heaven is simply a choice of believing. We'll say a prayer out loud. If you believe it, your eternity is secure. Don't let anybody tell you, right, that your behavior somehow is going to make you lose it. That's not true. Otherwise, nobody would make it to heaven. So everybody's going to say this out loud. 
Say it with me and believe it. You have it. Everybody out loud, please. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody. You, Living Word Virtual Church Community. Each week, we come together during the live stream, chatting with each other through live comment sections. Then, during the week, our virtual church community reconnects in online share groups to discuss the weekend service and study the Word. To sign up, visit the Living Word Virtual Church Community page on our website. We'll see you there.